you, I'll marry you. Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. Streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Hey there, Wrestleheads. It's Bauer from The Bauer Show and Mount Rockmore, and famously for making Jeff Peck do porn play-by-play. And we have a new home called RealGuyRadio.com. That's where you'll find your favorite pods, like an all-new season of Mount Rockmore. The brand new Purity Ring Baseball podcast, pissing off baseball purists one episode at a time. And it's home for this Showtime! Still Real to Us podcast. So do your homework, like our pods, subscribe to our feed, real.guy.pods. That sounds really weird when I read it, but it looks way cooler. You can find it on iTunes, and be sure to share us with your friends. We're podcucks that way. So visit realguyradio.com to check out new pods, get on our mailing list, find out how you can keep the lights on around here, and get yourself access to classic pods that aren't on the interwebs anymore. Now, get that spandex on and grab the baby oil, because it's time. Oh, yeah! It's still real to me, damn it! Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real to Us Show, episode number six hundred and twenty-five, February third, two thousand twenty-two. This is your WWE Royal Rumble recap and review edition of SRTU. I'm one half the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one with Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, if you screw up uh, this entire show. It's you're going to be fired, just like Shane McMahon, my friend. Well, I mean, why why would this episode be any different from any other episode? I mean, I I just assume I'm always on the chopping block. I mean, you have before I was named permanent host. I mean, you had a laundry list of guys chomping at the bit for this spot. So I, I always stay on my toes. I, yeah, I'm, I'm always prepared to get fired. I'm just saying, like, if this show goes to shit, even though. Uh, I'm the one right now with the microphone in my hand. If I screw up, this is just solely on you. You're going to take all the blame, and I'm just going to quietly let you go. 
I mean, uh, that's fair enough. I mean, we don't have to do a press release. I just, I'll just disappear into the abyss of uh, 90-day no-compete clauses. WWE Royal Rumble this past Saturday. It is one of the most exciting pay-per-views of the year, one of the most exciting matches of the year. The road to WrestleMania 38 began this past Saturday. And Dr. Trey, I feel like we're talking about everything else besides the Royal Rumble coming out of this past weekend. This is, uh, I did not expect this type of show heading into the first show over the road to WrestleMania. Anything overshadowing what we were supposed to see this past Saturday's pay-per-view. But that's certainly the feeling that I have right now, my friend. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that you and I would sit here and, and debate back and forth. Like, this is like on the heels of the show, like the day after, like on Sunday, I'm like, all right, we're probably going to go over the rumble, go over like, are we happy with the results? Are we happy with the direction they're going? You know, kind of typical uh, rumble fallout talk. But yeah, like uh, all hell's kind of broken loose again. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting watch and i will say this i mean entrant 27 coming into the ring throwing the worst punches and kicks in the history of pro wrestling i was just super excited because i knew you were just like giddy like a schoolgirl seeing shane mcmahon hit the ring uh I, i just know you were you were just crazy excited about seeing that anyway it's wrestlemania season we expect shane to be back we we saw reports heading into the weekend that shane would be in the match as a surprise entrant he arrived Everything that happened after the Rumble is what I did not expect in regards to Shane McMahon. Um, the Jeff Peck, Shane McMahon as an in-ring performer feud is probably the biggest feud in the history of the podcast, Dr. Trey. Yeah, because I think I've squashed my Sasha Banks one. So, but yeah, your your Shane one goes way, way back. So that's... And 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 honestly, and honestly, we've never banned the talk, so I think no. it's 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 ongoing, and we've never shied away from the controversy. It's also why Jeff's never been hired by WWE. It's p- quite possible, and, and but the thing is that neither is you know Shane now, so um, we're both in the same boat again. Uh, him, I guess, two times, me never. So it, it's uh, it's a strange feud between he and I. It's gone back since he returned. When he returned to Detroit, people went nuts. Uh, I was happy, but I wasn't like losing my crap, like CM Punk returning to professional wrestling in August of this past year. So I never understood that. The matches, the high profile matches, I never understood why he was on the same playing field as an AJ Styles, as an Undertaker. The list goes on and on. It just never made any sense to me. Uh, in recent years, he's had some good matches that I've enjoyed. The tag team match against. Uh, with Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn made sense. His match with Miz, I think I praised at WrestleMania 35. And his feud with Miz, I praised. But ne- never really gotten behind the in-ring performer as to why he's involved on, on some high-profile matches for WrestleMania. It's like clear as day. Uh, nepotism at its finest. But it it is what it is. It It is what it is. And, and the feud between he and I have been going on for a long time. And when I mean feud between he and I, it's just solely on my side. He doesn't know I exist. So it's yeah. nothing like he's he's mad at me. Um, I, would, I think I've always said Shane McMahon as a person is great. But Shane McMahon, the interim performer, I've just never understood. But we have plenty to talk about in regards to him. Let's get into the Rumble pay-per-view itself. It kicked off Dr. Trey, Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Seth Freakin' Rollins. Seth Freakin' Rollins wins this match by disqualification. I had Seth, you had Roman Reigns. 
to me, this match was an absolute banger. I love Rollins coming out to the Shield music and gear to continue getting in the head of Roman Reigns, as this feud has been well done. As for the finish, I am not a big fan of DQ results for a championship match at a premium live event, no longer pay-per-view, but this decision actually made sense by having Rollins push Reigns over the edge with the repeated chair shots, uh, reminiscent of when Seth turned on Roman and Dean Ambrose of the Shield. Dr. Trey, I thought this was the perfect way to kick off the Royal Rumble, and with this first match, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good show. Boy, was I wrong. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Reigns, Rollins. Uh, Sorry, the the boy was I wrong thing kind of caught me off guard there. But yeah, like it was a fantastic match. I mean, this was great storytelling, and I I, I don't know if they've listed out the producer's of any match that wasn't the men's rumble, but like storyline wise back history, everything tied into one thing here. Fantastic match. And you know, the DQ, like I'm with you, like sometimes on a DQ finish on a, on a PLE, uh, I'm not a big fan of, but like you said, like this made sense for what the story was and where it looks like it's going to continue to go. It, it made a ton of sense for this result, so I was fine with it. But yeah, it was a, it was a great match to kick off what uh, would be later become a downer of a night. Uh, Women's Royal Rumble match: Ronda Rousey wins this match. Dr. Trey and I both correctly predict this match. Uh, kudos to us for picking someone who was not on the active roster when we were doing the show last week. Uh, I thought it was a solid Women's Royal Rumble match. The final elimination was anticlimactic. It felt like Ronda was being project- protected as she hadn't wrestled in nearly three years and recently gave birth. Uh, it did feel like she missed the WWE, and the fans did miss her. Uh, Dr. Trey, your thoughts here on the Women's Royal Rumble match as Ronda Rousey gets a WrestleMania title shot? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was a good Rumble, not great. Um, you know, I, I, nitpicking, I wasn't a fan of Ronda's gear, but, you know, it is whatever. Um, but overall, it, which is, I think that's a trend. That might be my longest-running feud now I have is with true. how Ronda dresses on premium live events slash pay-per-view events. Because uh, I've knocked her, I think, the entire time. Um, but overall, like, it was fine. I, 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 I guess I get Charlotte being next to last with her, you know, being the, the last person she has to eliminate, you know, kind of after hearing where they might be going with Ronda, you know, into WrestleMania season. But, you know, overall, I, I just I didn't care for Charlotte being in the match and trying to do the Brock Lesnar thing from, you know, a couple of years ago. But. It was fine. It's not. It's not the best rumble they've had in the short history of women's rumble royal rumbles, but wasn't the worst either. So it, it was okay. Uh, next match was Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against Dewdrop. She defeats Dewdrop. We both had Becky Lynch. Uh, this match had the very tough task of taking place after the Rumble match, and it showed. It felt like this match never really clicked and dragged on until we got to the result we expected, which was Becky Lynch retaining. Uh, I wish leading into this match, Dewdrop was booked as someone who could shock the world by showcasing her power rather than expecting Becky would just retain. Uh, this match was not great, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts here, Becky Lynch and Dewdrop? Yeah, I, mean, I think I might have had it a little bit higher than you. I didn't hate it. Um, but, but the problem with this match was, like you said, they never built up Dewdrop as being a credible threat to defeating Becky. I did like the fact that early on the match, Becky would try to go for the manhandle. Dewdrop could counter it, overpower it couldn't get her up and then i like the way the, the way the finish was to kind of put her away but at that point though you hadn't built up enough credibility and dewdrop for the crowd to think that she could kick out of a regular manhandle let alone one from the top rope um it was just poor build up to this match i mean i, I thought the in-ring stuff was fine but the build up and the storytelling didn't really uh, make a lot of sense and that kind of put a damper on everything 
Uh, next match was Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby Lashley wins and takes the WWE Championship. I had Brock, Dr. Trey, and Bobby. Uh, this match was all about Reigns and Heyman screwing over Brock Lesnar. I would have liked to seen this match get some more time. It's had a really good build and strong anticipation from the fans to see the stream match. The offense in the match was fairly minimal. I'm happy for Bobby Lashley as he's been a warrior for the WWE these last couple of years and deserves to be WWE champion again. Uh, why and how did Bobby Lashley become a babyface again? I, I, I don't understand that. He was slapping hands on Monday night, and then he was like cutting a heel promo in the ring on Monday night. Very, very uh, strange and awkward. But the match itself was okay for what it was as Bobby Lashley defeats Brock to become the new WWE champion, Dr. Trey. I mean, I, I really like the early parts of the match where they kind of presented them as equals. You know, Brock would hit a German. Bobby hits a suplex. It was back and forth, back and forth until Brock got on his little bit of a hot streak there to close it out. So I, I, I don't know about you. I don't expect Brock matches to go very long. I, I usually in my head, I'm like, it's going eight to ten minutes tops. That's kind of how they book these Brock matches now. So I thought that was fine. The Heyman swerve was kind of, you know, out of nowhere, which I liked. Um, but it is kind of weird when you see Bobby slapping hands, leaving the ring that night, slapping hands on Monday, heel promo, but at the same time you had Seth kind of being a baby face on SmackDown when he was a heel on Raw. Like, I, I, they've lost me a little bit on defined roles for characters, and they're just kind of all over the place. Like, I don't know if Kevin Owens is a baby face or heel, Seth, Bobby, I don't know where they're at. So, and it makes me wonder if WWE knows where they're at. So, the match itself, though, with Bobby and, 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 and Brock, I thought was fine for what it was. and wasn't really that shocking for the finish, obviously, because I got it correct and literally said that Roman would probably cost him the match. Uh, next match here was Edge and Beth Phoenix defeating the Miz and Maurice. We both had Edge and Beth Phoenix getting the victory. Uh, decent match for what it was. Beth Phoenix looks like she hasn't missed a step. And the Reagan Maurice had some really good spots during the match as well. Uh, I'm sure it was a really fun moment for both couples to uh, to share that experience with their loved ones. Uh, but it was a fine match for what it was. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. And at, at this point, this was my second favorite performance of the evening on the card. Um, you know, like you said, Beth looks great. Edge looked great. Miz looked you know, spot on. Maurice played her character perfectly. That Hurricane Rana on Edge, I was just like blown away that she pulled that off. Uh, and then I even liked the touching moment after the match when uh, Beth and Edge were pointing at their girls in the crowd and went down and talked to them. So uh, overall, like this was like my uh, this might have been my feel good match of the <laughs> night if that becomes a thing on the show. That, now that'll be weird. I don't know how it gets any, uh, bigger than two parents pointing at their children and blowing kisses to them after their match where they tagged with one another. I think it only goes down from here, Doctor Trey, unless something like someone hu- uh, hugs a koala like during a match. Yeah. Just go straight eight man next, where we have Beth and Edge and their kids against Miz and their kids. Uh, I think that probably you can't the kids. You know, they got to be in school. I guess they can go remote. That's what kids are doing it's nowadays. Saturday night. I mean, true. They do on a Friday. True. True. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go fight with my mommy and daddy. Uh, next match here, and it's the final match, and this one uh, is going to get a little bit of time here. I'm sure the men's Royal Rumble match. Brock Lesnar gets the victory. Dr. Trey and I both had Big E getting a win. Uh, here are my notes that I literally wrote right after the match. I always write these notes after the match. So this is post-Saturday. I wrote, it was kind of a lame Rumble match with no surprises, being shorter than a normal Rumble match, and Lesnar dominating at the end. I don't know what else to say about it, Dr. Trey. It was one of the worst Rumble matches I've ever seen, which is a huge letdown. Let me put it to you this way. Saturday night. 
I was behind on watching the Rumble. I I stayed up watching it on replay, fast forwarding during the commercials, uh, and I stopped just before the men's match. So I don't know if you've ever done this on Peacock before, but when you watch it live, it kind of just goes on and on, and and you can see at the end of of your timestamp when you're like fast forwarding and pausing that it's like six hours, seven hours. I'm like, okay, well, there's no way the pay-per-view is going that long. This is not WrestleMania 35. But um, I'm like, okay, I'll watch the men's Rumble match. I was pretty tired. I'll watch it in the morning. I could stay up and, and get up for that match for sure. So I get up to watch the Rumble. And at that point, the replay where the show has stopped and what I'm watching on Peacock is is right at the Rumble. And when I go to pause it, it starts at like three hours and it was like, it was like literally a three-hour mark. And then I see the show ends at like three hours and 50 minutes. I'm like, what the hell? Did they did they forget the rest of the of the show? Like, am I going to get to the end of the, po- the show and completely miss who the winner is? Um, so I was a bit worried. And then come to find out, no, that's how long the Rumble match really was. It was about like 50 minutes long, 54 minutes or whatever it was. And it was awful. It was terrible. I know people are having gripes about the, the the participants in the match, and that's fine. It's rare that you have, like, 20 participants that you think are going to win. It's usually a good maybe 5 to 10 at best. Um, I know this has been lacking some. We had felt like it was going to be Big E's match to win, but I think we were a little bit snake-bitten because the night after we recorded the podcast and said Big E, he shows up on SmackDown, just quietly moves over the the former WWE champion, and is now back paired up with Kofi Kingston in the New Day tag team. I know Xavier Woods is hurt, but it's like quietly we've moved the former WWE champion, the face of Raw the last couple months, over to SmackDown to work a tag team. This isn't good. Uh, had all the heard the rumors about Brock, and then the match itself happened. And but you know I was hoping that there was the Forbidden Door. There had been rumors that maybe Moose would show up, being that Mickey James was in the Women's Rumble. Obviously, there were the strange rumors about AEW stars, which I felt like were never going to happen, but very cool and a mind-blowing no- moment. Uh, and then the match happened, and it was just a cluster. I-, I think there were reports on Saturday that the Rumble match was the men's Rumble match was being changed pretty frequently, and you hear it all week long post. This was just a clusterfuck, Doctor Trey. This was not a good Rumble, and WWE has a stretch lately where they've had very good Rumble matches. This is not one of them. Your thoughts on the men's rumble match? It was like okay, all the way up until about twenty four. I was like, all right, it's not great, it's not horrible. Like, would I have positioned some things differently and booking wise? Yeah, like I don't have Shinsuke going out that early. I don't have Bobby Roode going out that quickly. Um, but that's just me because those two are my favorite guys. Uh, so, like, I'm like, all right, yeah, it's this direction. And then you get to the last, like, 20 minutes of it, and you get done, you're like, that was it? Like, that was just a huge letdown. Like, all the wind just completely goes out of your sails. And you're, and it's not even that Brock won. It's not even that Brock dominated, because that's the expectation. But it's just some of the stuff in there, you're just like, man, we didn't get really any surprise. I was uh, up as way. When it comes to surprises, I was more disappointed in the women's battle royal than I was the men's because there was like three women I was expecting to see in the rumble and they didn't show up. On the men's side, I'm like, yeah, everybody kind of was there. Like, there's not really anybody floating around that they could bring in for 
you know, a Kane, Shawn Michaels, nostalgia act type thing like they've done in the past. Like everybody else has been gobbled up by other companies. So I, I was kind of maybe like, hey, maybe we get a Braun Strowman sighting and they bring him in for a one-off or something. You know, maybe that. But you get done, you're like, all right, so the big surprise in this Rumble was Bad Bunny. Um, who I, I don't dislike him. I, I, I respect that he loves wrestling as much as he does, and he did a decent performance. But in all honesty, like once Shane got in, the match went to crap. Um, I almost said scrap actually, but it just it just fell flat. Like I'm watching Shane beat up Matt Riddle. In what world is that a reality? I'm watching Shane throw Kevin Owens to the top rope. I'm watching Shane like try to drag Bad Bad Bunny off the bottom rope, and Bad Bunny's clinging on for dear life. Like to me, the highlight of this whole of the whole thing was maybe uh, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn stuff. Early on in the match, Johnny Knoxville taking a frog splash from Montez. But, like, you know, we, we talk about trying to build up new stars. And some of the people that, you know, people are clamoring to see get eliminated, like, way too quick. Like, I thought Montez got eliminated way too Like, this is a chance for Montez to, you know, test the waters, break him out, give him a breakthrough performance. And he did fine, but it was kind of what you would expect. It wasn't that great moment. You know, some other people like that. It's just, you get done, you're like, God, that just... I just feel bad. Like, I just feel like I just, not that I wasted an hour of my life watching it, but it didn't do anything for me. Like it didn't build up any of the mid card stuff. It didn't build up any young stars. It just focused on Roman and Brock and Shane trying to get his, you know, his horrible punches and kicks in. So I got done. I'm like, God, that was just awful. So maybe, I, I honestly, this is knee jerk. I can't think of a rumble that was worse than this one. I really can't. There were some runs there, I think, in the early 2010s, late 2000s that weren't that great. And it was always typical. It would be a, a, like an Orton or a Cena. Um, there were some stretches that weren't good. I think actually the one that Reigns won in Philadelphia was really bad the last time Punk was in WWE. Um, I think that that one was more we were disappointed that Daniel Bryan wasn't in that wasn't mm-hmm. in that one. Mm-hmm. But I think expectations, like some of the bad ones, we had expectations of certain people being in it or maybe certain people being featured, and then it didn't happen. And honestly, I don't know about you, Jeff. As soon as Big E went and went went out of the match, I went, "What the hell are they?" Yeah, doing? yeah. No, that's where I, I think what I was gonna say was to your point. I think this is the one that made no sense at all in the entire time of doing the podcast. Like there have been rumbles that aren't good, and this is by far, I agree with you, probably one of the wor- the worst one we've ever covered because it didn't accomplish anything. You know, you're bringing up Montez Ford, and I'm just thinking to myself, the last three to four weeks on Raw. They've been basically promoting that the Street Profits and the Mysterios were like in this little funny feud of every man for themselves. And then it led to nothing, nothing at all at the Rumble. Like the last three to four weeks of doing all that stuff was for naught. I, I don't get it. Big E is WWE champion at the beginning of the last month. And then he just nonchalantly gets eliminated, not even making the final four. Uh, I think Big yeah. Drew coming back was nice. I, that got me excited. I was like, wow, okay, Drew's back because there were rumors that he wasn't going to be back at all for WrestleMania season. Um, Bad Bunny coming in, I thought that was cool. Like I, I said, heading into the show, we heard rumblings that he was going to be in the match. Bad Bunny has earned my respect. I, he looked actually better in the ring this yeah. go around than he did at the Res- at WrestleMania. Um, it just, it, nothing, it accomplished nothing other than Brock dominating, arriving at 30. 
doing his thing and and leaving. I, I, I it was ridiculous. Like why Brock doesn't? Why is Brock getting number thirty? Right? We're told that this is supposed to be like a random entrance into the Rumble match, and then all of a sudden he's just popping up at number thirty. It, it makes no sense at all. Like it's mind blowing to me that the way that they did everything. And I know there's a lot of this falling on Shane's feet right now. Um, and we'll get into that here momentarily, but I, I think just to wrap this all up in a bow, it was, it was very disappointing. This is not like money in the bank or elimination chamber where these, those types of specialty matches can get away with putting on a bad performance. This is the Royal rumble. This is probably the most anticipated match of the year. This has like fan interaction by counting down, getting excited, thinking about, oh God, who's going to come out next here? You got 30 times to potentially get surprised. Uh, It it just leads to good vibes. It leads to good vibes for a really fun time period for professional wrestling fans leading into WrestleMania. It's, It's the most anticipated match of the year, and you completely botched it, completely botched it. It, it, it did not accomplish anything at all. Like, Brock doesn't need this. Brock can easily say like he did on Monday night, I'm challenging Roman Reigns to a match at WrestleMania. And he, that you could do it a different way. Give the Rumble match to somebody who needs it. And I think he was the easy choice because they don't know what the hell they're going to do with the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania right now. And that's what we'll talk about here later on. So before we get into this really, really deeply, Dr. Trey, Pay-per-view prediction record or premium live event record. Um, uh, we both went four and two. Uh, I'm eight and three on the year. You are seven and four. Uh, my match of the night was uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, and uh, and I scored this a three point three out of five. I, I did not like this show at all. Very much a letdown. So three point three is my event rating. Match of the night: Reigns Rollins. What say you? Yeah, uh, Reigns Rollins match of the night. Um, and I had it at a three. I thought it was literally the epitome of average. Like two matches, I, I really liked. A couple matches, eh. And then Rumble, like Women's Rumble. Women's Rumble was good. I was the, my problem with that one was I was expecting to see Bailey, Oscar, Alexa, you know, Paige, somebody mm-hmm. didn't get any of that, which pulled it down for me. And then the Men's Rumble, I'm like, it was fine until the end, and then the end just kind of were completely ruined it for me. So. I'm at a 3.0. Like, this is probably the worst pay-per-view premium live event I've seen in the last at least year. Uh, So the next story here is obviously one that we've been talking about here in and out for the last 25 minutes or so was uh, Shane McMahon has reportedly reportedly quietly let go from WWE due to Royal Rumble heat. Um, Some news and notes here. Ringside News reported that Shane has been quietly let go. It was noted that WWE creative writers were told in a semi-quiet way that there will be no more creative discussions about Shane McMahon that they have now moved on to other creative discussions. Report also say that WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon had no choice, but to take action against his own son due to the heat from the rumble. Shane has not been a WWE employee for some time and was supposed to be involved in the XFL, but then COVID-19 hit and then the league went into bankruptcy. WWE then brought Shane back for another run that began at the rumble, but that run had already ended. Quote, Vince had no choice. Shane created chaos and everyone in an uproar, pissed off everyone in the rumble, openly buried other producers and was changing the thing that Vince wanted. Vince had no other choice but to send him home, end quote, a WWE source said. The report also noted that Vince is quietly using the term let go to describe the situation with Shane. While the term blackball has not been used, word from within WWE is that Shane was pretty much let go. 
Matt Man's Andrew Zarian noted that one issue with the 30-man Royal Rumble match had to do with Robert Bad Bunny, as there were numerous changes to the, what number he would enter the match at. This was a cause for concern, and people within WWE were upset. Quote, WWE doesn't want to come off negatively with such a outside, major outside star, the report added. It, was clear, it wasn't clear if McClanahan was responsible for the changes to Bunny's Rumble's match booking or if one of the other producers' writers were. Um, other notes from here. Shane reportedly had a lot of heat on Shane McMahon uh, um, backstage following the Rumble. Uh, he was the lead producer for the Men's Royal Rumble match, and a lot of ideas were changed throughout the day. Apparently, he ended up rubbing people the wrong way on the day in regards to his production. Shane was supposed to take place in the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match that would lead to a storyline for Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 38, with some ideas saying it was supposed to be for the WWE Championship. Quote, uh, Russell Votes tweeted, this Shane McMahon story could ripple effects for years to come. It goes beyond anything that may or may not have been happened on Saturday night. Other notes here. PW Insider reports that Shane had been pushing for a WrestleMania 38 match with Austin Theory. The idea was that Shane versus Theory feud would play off of Theory's recent Raw storyline with Vince, but nothing was 100% locked in place. That actually makes sense. Uh, and yeah. then finally here, this story came out just before we went on to the podcast tonight. Uh, in an update, multiple people who were at the arena on Saturday know that McMahon was really self-centered and made things all about himself and his own ideas, according to a report from Wade Keller, PW Torch. It was also said that Shane didn't get, up, didn't get caught up on what the plans were for the match. Uh, McMahon apparently doesn't keep up with WWE storylines, as it was known that he didn't know what was happening on TV, which was billed to certain moments in the Rumble. Shane allegedly, quote, pulled the McMahon card with the other men's Royal Rumble match producers and wanted things done his way with the idea that he was there to have a big moment in the match. Things reportedly got so bad that there were heated arguments with people who felt like they could push back on Shane's behavior. The situation was described as chaotic by multiple sources, and McMahon's actions reportedly caused a lot of stress and strife, distracting people from the tasks at hand. It was also said that Shane just went, quote, way overboard with his actions. There was a plan in place for the men's rumble, but Shane was reportedly pushing back against the WWE producers who were simply trying to follow through on what Vince told them should be done in the match. Shane had interactions during the men's rumble match with Kevin Owens, Raw Tag Team Champion Otis, Riddle, and others, and it was known that these exchanges were all his doing, and these are the wrestlers he wanted to be in the ring with, looking good against. While Shane had those interactions that made him looking strong, it came time to put someone over, and he was willing to put Brock Lesnar over, the winner. It's been reported that Shane was booked to wrestle the Elimination Chamber WrestleMania 38, um, and his creative now is completely changed. So... Uh, Shane reportedly disagreed with Vince's plans for the Elimination Chamber booking, how he wanted to execute those plans. The plans were laid out to Shane, but he didn't like them, so he reportedly pushed back on those plans, and that was where Vince finally had enough, leading him to cancel all plans with Shane. Vince brought Shane in to help produce the Rumble for the third year in a row, but it's likely that this will be the end of his Rumble creative work. It was described as a dad doing a favor to his son, despite the fact that Shane's creative ideas have been laughed at behind his back for years, and the fact that some say Shane doesn't have a good creative wrestling mind. It was also known that it's not clear if Shane's been released from a talent contract or if he was just sent home and removed from all plans, but it's believed some, uh, among some that Shane will not be involved with WWE for the foreseeable future. Dodge Trey, lots to unpack here. Shane is gone from WWE. He was involved with producing the, that horrible Men's Rumble match. It appears he just wanted to focus on himself in the Men's Rumble match or put over Brock Lesnar. There were rumblings that he would take on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 38, and that match would be for the WWE Championship. He pushed for a match with Austin Theory, which creatively actually makes sense. 
unpack it all here. Your thoughts on the Shane McMahon quietly let go from WWE story. It's it's a lot to game. Plus, if you go back even to Sunday, um, there are reports out there that you know Vince brought him in because he'd been out of the loop for a little bit and Vince wanted to start grooming him to eventually take over the company as well. And then within like 24, 36 hours, the entire narrative of the story is completely flipped to 180. And, and you're just unpacking, like you're just reading into all this stuff. You're like, wow, this is this is insane. So, you know, first of all, the idea of, of Shane versus Seth for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania is, is god awful. Uh, I agree. Shane versus Austin theory would have made a lot of sense, especially if Vince helps Austin beat him and Vince gets in the ring and berates Shane and says like Austin's the son he always wanted, something like that. That would have been good. That would be compelling TV. I would have I would have liked that. Um. I'm not really surprised about, you know, Shane, not, I don't want to say going into business for himself, but kind of booking his time around what he can do because that's kind of his MO. Like, you know, he shows up for the WrestleMania match to get his crazy jump spot that everybody oohs and awes over and then kind of disappears for a little while again. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, Shane's kind of a spot monkey and, and that's what he's always been. Um, He's one of, the, from everything I've heard, and I'm, you live in the area, Shane's one of the nicest guys out there. Yeah. And hell, the guy survived a helicopter crash. I mean, that's the ultimate McMahon move. Um, but to ruffle this many feathers to where Vince literally takes him off TV, out of all creative plans, and basically puts him back on the shelf is it, startling. I mean, it, it's not... A, it's not a Vince thing. Vince is really loyal to his kids. And I mean, and Shane's been the black sheep of the family for the better part of the last 20 years, you know, I mean, when he left it went to China and everything else, and then floated back around and came back, you know, we talked about like, you know, reappearing in Detroit back in what's 2015, 2014, somewhere in there. Uh, it, it's crazy uh, to see how much this whole story has shifted just since Saturday. I mean, it, it's, I mean, first of all, like the idea of putting somebody in charge of a rumble and they haven't watched the the product to know what storylines are going on. That's why it felt so dis disconjointed at times during that match because you're just like some of the stuff that makes sense. Like why why is that guy going after this guy when he's been in a few with somebody else? Like it was just it just felt like some it literally felt like somebody just came in and started plugging things in based on the history of the wrestlers and not the recent storylines. Um it just it, it it's just a crazy crazy story. And then I don't know about you. I mean, you get on social media and you hear people going, "Oh, it, Shane might show up in AEW. We might get the real life version yeah, of what happened." Yeah, yeah. Two thousand one. I'm like, first of all, if, if Shane ever wants an inheritance from Vince, he will not show up in AEW ever because he will be out of all the money at, at any point. But it, it's just a, such a crazy story, and, and to see how much everything's changed just from between Saturday to now in the last four or five days. I mean, the, the, like I said, the whole story is done a complete 180. And, you know, I, I like Shane on TV when he's not wrestling. Like, I think he's a good general manager. He's a good foil for his sister, whatever role he's been in the past. I, I, I am going to say I'm relieved that I'm not going to see him throw punches or kicks for a while. I think... Everybody recognizes that the Rumble match was bad and that Shane is the fall guy for it. Yeah. Who else do you send home 
like he doesn't he's family right it's an easy fall guy he's not a he's not a, an employee of the company we've we've outlined that you take away his wrestlemania moment and people will be like you know people are up in arms right there's a report out there right now uh that also came through just before we hopped on here that backstage talk on how low wwe morale is right now uh, according to reports, word is that the general WWE morale seems to be near a decade's long low, if not in an all-time low in the locker room, according to Fightful Select. Since the Rumble, they have, they have reportedly spoken with a number of discouraged and disappointed WWE talents have been frustrated with the direction of the company. Uh, low morale ranges from talents who are rarely on TV to those who are regularly in the main events, from new names to veteran names, all experiencing a decrease in locker room morale. Feeling is that WWE is maybe focusing on just four people right now. Uh, they feel like they're not heard by Vince McMahon. Uh, contradictory decisions made in recent months. They're, there's a feeling that the company is being sold. So they know, WWE knew that they needed to make something right, right? Like, what do you do? What do you do in this situation when the Rumble, one of your biggest shows of the year, the big, one of the, like, it's number two in my mind. It, I know people may think SummerSlam, but I think this is better than the SummerSlam. I, I, I love the Rumble. It leads us into WrestleMania. And you have one of the biggest matches of the year, and it just completely gets botched. And there's a bad taste in the performer's mouth, bad taste in the wrestler's mouth. Do you let Bruce Pritchard go? Probably not heading into WrestleMania. So you get rid of the guy who was causing a lot of strife, causing a lot of problems. He's your son. He's not an employee. He'll probably come back at some point down the line and wrestle again, and all will be forgiven. But... um it's, I think he's a little bit of a fall guy in this one. He's he's fallen on the sword, and he has nothing to really lose. It's all right. I won't be performing at WrestleMania this year. So be it, uh, is what it is. You know, the, the thing about this, too, and you, you said it in your response, Dr. Trey, is it's there's always been this feeling that Shane is like this incredibly nice guy, and he's very likable. So this report is, like, very strange. I've, we've never... Even in, in the ups and downs with Shane McMahon, his performer, backstage reports, anything that we ever covered, family strifes, it always seemed like people liked Shane. This report is strange. That's why I feel like part of me is thinking that this is just a fall guy report, to be honest with you. WWE's putting it out there to be like, okay, we know we fucked up. This is how we're handling it. Shane, you're gone for a while. You're the fall guy. Fall on the sword. Because rarely do you ever hear anybody talking badly about Shane. This is, that's the strange part in this all. Yeah, I mean, do you ever <clears throat> do you ever watch the Osbournes? You know, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the early two thousands. Yeah, and even now that there's a show on Travel Network called like the Osbournes. I want to believe it's got Ozzy, Sharon, and Jack watching paranormal videos because Jack Osbourne's really into the paranormal stuff. And you watch that show and you're like, Ozzy's freaking, you know, <clears throat> crazy and weird. Sharon's off a rocker. Like, how did Jack come out kind of normal? And that's how I always felt about the big man. Like. Vince is, you know, eccentric and, and kind of over the top, and, and Linda's got her fingers kind of like all over the place. Shane always kind of felt like the kid who's just like a good kid, just trying to make his way. He'll do some stuff on his own. He'll come back to the family when they need him. He just felt like that kind of guy. Like, how did he end up normal? Um, and, and I'm with you. Like the reports, like when, like and that's why I was saying, like the 180 on this whole story is kind of mind-boggling to me because. You know, you read these reports like he brought Shane back in because he hadn't been on TV in a while. And then you hear one report about how, you know, a lot of the stuff back from a couple of years ago with Shane's ideas, like the Raw Underground was really well received by USA Network and they really liked it. But then COVID hit and that got shut down. But then you hear a report that people laugh at Shane's ideas behind his back. And then 
we always hear about how great of a person Shane is, but then in this moment he was really selfish. And it's like, it, it, it feels very wrestly. Is that a word? It just feels yeah. very like contrived at times. And okay, we got to blame somebody. You can't blame Vince because people already want to blame Vince for everything. Uh, can't blame Bruce because he's handling both shows. We'll blame Shane, put it all on his lap, take away his WrestleMania spot, which, you know, sucks for him and, the, and his kids. But at the end of the day, his, his wife's going to be happy that he's not diving somewhere 25, 30 feet off, you know, off the, you know, onto something. Put it on Shane. Probably got a nice little bonus or something for, hey, well, you're, we're going to put you on the shelf. Here's a, here's a family vacation, you know, in March to go to Aruba or something. But it just, it felt weird how fast it all changed in the last few days. And it, it just, it just blows my mind that, you know, somebody has to take the fall because of this match. Because you, you watch it, and like and we're talking about earlier, Brock didn't need to win this match. The rumbles that you and I stand here and, and remember over the course of time were either, you know, this guy really deserved that win or they had great moments in the match, like, you know, Cena returning from his injury or a couple of years ago, Drew McIntyre kicking Brock out of the ring and then winning the Rumble. And, you know, we yeah. had these moments that stand out and then we just had this Rumble and there was nothing. Not not a moment. Not even, you know, you go back to... You know, no, no, there was a moment. The the sign caught fire. Yes, which uh, I think I actually had a friend of mine that like, wasn't too, too far behind the sign. So, but and, and really, neither Rumble really had that moment. Like, nothing really stood out that's going to make me remember this Rumble 15 years from now, you know? It's just, and I think that's where they're at, where there's, like, the whole product just feels like, like there's no direction. And I completely understand why morale is so low, because you watch all the young people they've brought up, the Rich Hollins, guys like that, where stuff starts and stops, and then this Rumble and the lack of direction is on the heels of them releasing... How many people we say it was 83, 80-something, 100-something yeah. over the last year and a half? Like, why would morale be up if, with, with all those things going on? Um, and, and Shane, in this moment, is cast as the fall guy, and it's not somebody who's been in, in the trenches for the last two years taking the fall for it. It's the guy who just happened to show back up to produce the Rumble and then, you know, falls on the sword for how bad the Rumble was. Uh, keeping with the Rumble, there were reports shortly after the uh, Rumble event on Saturday uh, that WWE reportedly had big plans for Matt Riddle at the Royal Rumble, uh, and then an RK Bro split could be coming soon. Uh, there were reports of Riddle being the front one to win the Rumble until it was decided to go with Brock. Orton's name was also thrown around reportedly win the Rumble match. According to Ringside News, a tenured member of WWE Creative says the report on Riddle winning the match is, quote, not true. As WWE writers were told at least two weeks before the Rumble that Lesnar would be winning the match. Uh, Russell Votes on Twitter also tweeted, WWE had planned since the pairing began last spring for Riddle versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam, which didn't happen. Plan was held off until Mania. I'm now told only a handful of creative members want to split them with the idea that if a match happens, it should be for the WWE title. So conflicting reports on Matt Riddle winning the Rumble match and then uh, taking on Randy Orton for the WWE Championship was, was one of the things that were thrown around there. Um, there's a thought that they may be fighting one another at WrestleMania. It, creative members don't want them split. Your thoughts? Would Riddle have been the right choice to win the Rumble match this past Saturday, one, 
And two, do you want RK Bro to be split up right now? Okay, should Riddle have won it? No. I mean, really, if you go up storyline-wise, I mean, he's having a hard time beating Chad Gable. You know, like this, the Alpha Academy RK Bro feud. Like, he's doing his part, but in ring-wise, he's struggling to beat Chad Gable. I don't think anybody thinks Chad Gable is on the level of Lashley, Lesnar, whoever the WWE champion would have been. Um, do I think that, you know, he could have had a better role in the Rumble to kind of build him up to be a future main event guy? Yeah, but it didn't happen. So, it, it, it to me, the whole, when they said, yeah, we had, you know, people were talking about having Riddle one. I'm like, it didn't make sense. There's usually a build to the guy who's going to win the Rumble, and, and that wasn't Riddle's case. Um, do I think RK Bro should be broken up? It, it You're going to have to get it on paper where I, I buy into the challengers being better than they are. Like, I, I know it's coming, and I won't be surprised when it comes, but they are typically the most entertaining thing about Monday Night Raw. So if I'm a writer as a crutch, I don't want them broken up because I can do stuff with them and create some good television with them together right now. And then when the rest of the show comes up, then I can split them apart and still get good television out of it. I think if you do it now, uh, after WrestleMania, where do you go? Because... At that point, you'd have nothing. So, and I don't. And another thing, I don't really think it needs to be for the WWE title. It'd be great if it was, but it doesn't need to be. If you have two guys who are a great tag team, and then you split them up. Like Sean and Marty didn't have to fight for the belts. Miz and Morrison didn't have to fight for the belts. There's been tag teams in the past that have broken up, didn't have to fight for the WWE title. Like you could do it, and the emotions of people being upset about the breakup will entice them to watch the match and draw them in. You don't need to put the belt in the middle of it just to create more you know, viewers on, on that feud. Dr. Trey, speaking of the WWE Championship, um, one of the things I want to bring up here is what the hell do you do with the WWE Championship match right now for WrestleMania? Because look in the Elimination Chamber. It's presently Bobby Lashley defending against Brock Lesnar, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Austin Theory Riddle, and AJ Styles on February 19th. Um, the ways that you can go about this, if Lashley wins, maybe he takes on Seth Rollins. Uh, if Lesnar wins, he can take on Roman Reigns in a title-for-title title match. Um, I can't see that happening because WrestleMania is two separate nights, and you probably want one title defended one night and the other title defended the next night. Could you go Rollins versus Owens if he wins? Riddle versus Orton. We just talked about that. Styles versus Edge for the title. Like, what is the what is the path right now of the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 38? Because I want to get your initial thoughts on that. Because there is a breaking story here during the podcast that has me concerned about who could be inserted into a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania right now. Uh, to me, Lashley has to come out of the chamber with the title. Um. Because as a little fact, you just had him beat Brock Lesnar by pinfall. There are only a handful of guys on the roster that have, that can claim that, and I think it's literally just Seth and Roman, right? I, I think those are the only two guys that have pinfall victories over Roman. I mean, over Brock. In recent memory, uh, you said Seth and Roman. Yeah, uh, Drew. Okay, Drew. So Seth, Roman, and Drew. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head in recent memory. And those are probably your three cornerstones of the company. Like, you're building this company around pretty much those three guys, and then you just add a fourth in Lashley. Take the belt off Lashley, it takes away from what he just did at the Rumble. 
So I think you have to keep the belt on Lashley. So right now, based on the chamber, I, uh, I think I would end up going Lashley versus Owens versus Seth. But the problem is you also have Owens and Damian Priest kind of having a little bit of a thing going. And then maybe you do Owens and Priest for the U.S. title and Seth versus Lashley for the world title. And maybe we get Seth and, and Owens coming out of WrestleMania with the top few belts. And then we can finally get RK-Bro against Seth and, and Kevin. And I'd be fine with that. That's my fancy booking. Tell me about this report because now I'm all like depressed. So there's a report that are saying a big name is reportedly returning to WWE Elimination Chamber. That name is WWE Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg is set to return to storyline soon. Be wrestling at the WWE Elimination Chamber event in Saudi Arabia, according to Fightful Select. Current plan is for Goldberg to challenge WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns with a title online. Uh, at Elimination Chamber, this match was obviously scheduled for WrestleMania 36 in 2020, but Wayne Reigns withdrew from the match, took some time off due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Trey, when I hear Goldberg's name, I immediately go, oh shit, are they going to go with, if Lashley retains, are they going to go with Lashley versus Goldberg again? So what you're telling me is that in back-to-back months, Goldberg could then chat, well, back-to-back, back-to-back premium live event. Goldberg could challenge for both championships. Like we haven't seen that before. I mean, I, I I don't know if I've seen a guy challenge for one, like literally get a title match for on one brand in August and then get a match for the other brand's title in September. And that's kind of what you're saying. Like if we get Goldberg reigns at elimination chamber and then Goldberg challenges Lashley at WrestleMania, dear God, I think, I think our, I think you and I both, our collective brains will explode. Maybe we get that great, you know, uh, another great Brock Goldberg WrestleMania match as well. Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, we did enjoy Brock, or excuse me, Goldberg and Brock, uh, Bobby Lashley recently. I don't think I want to see, again, I don't want to see Bill Goldberg in championship matches, and reportedly this is what we may be getting again. So, whenever we get close to WrestleMania, the name Bill Goldberg, I get nervous, I get scared, I get worried. And you can see why potentially there is some low morale right now in World Wrestling Entertainment. So a lot of things are up in the air. I, I just don't know what they're going to do with that WWE Championship match right now, Dr. Train. That's insane to me to think that on February the 3rd. Not to mention, I just, just, just flashed in my brain. We're in Texas, and rumors are that Stone Cold will be at WrestleMania. We can get Stone Cold to referee a Goldberg match. I, Goldberg and Brock again? With Stone Cold as the referee, what, what that was what WrestleMania it was twenty, twenty, and we're at what thirty six, <laughs> thirty eight. We're at thirty eight. Yeah. Shit, I lose, I lose track. It's like Super Bowls with me. I'm like I'm after like you know twenty five. I just stopped paying attention to what number it is. Um, yeah, so that'd be eighteen years later. We get the the exact rematch. I, I mean, uh, no matter how much it stays the same, Jeff. Yeah, this is not great. Not great at all. So again, February the 3rd. Not sure what the hell we're doing with the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania 38. It needs thing- the Miz. Yes, that? What's that, man? I said it needs the Miz. Let's just put the Miz in there. Yeah, why the hell not at this point? Last thing I want to bring up here, we'll go to AEW. MJF pins CM Punk to him. His first AEW loss on free TV. Was it the right call? A lot of people are losing their crap being like, why do they do this on free television? I just thought to myself, AW does this a lot. Omega Brian, Paige Brian 1 and 2, Jericho, Cassidy, Omega Moxley for the AW title winner is coming. We've seen this before. And by the way, I think MJF going over on CM Punk was the right call. Because yeah. who wants to see CM Punk defeat MJF 
in their very first match, then what's the point of having the second or third match? So I think you want to see CM Punk get his revenge because the way that MJF did it was slimy, swarmy, and it needed the help of Wardlow, who reluctantly was doing that. And in this quasi-Virgil, million-dollar man, slow build, slow burn to him separating from the pinnacle that wants me wanting more. I I didn't see a problem with it. I thought the match was fine. I didn't think it was a banger like the announcers were talking about, but I thought it was fine, and I was happy they gave it away on free TV. I was more shocked that AW Dynamite did some of its lowest total of viewership since December 15th. Dr. Trey, were you fine with the loss, CM Punk's first loss in AEW, and was it the right call to be on free TV? Um, well, I mean, was it the right call to be on free TV? I guess because they're, they're – do we still call their stuff pay-per-view? Uh, yeah. It's a semi-premium life event, I guess, right? Okay. Yeah, uh, semi-pro. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just thinking Will Ferrell saying let's get tropical also. Um, I mean, their, their pay-per-view schedule is so spaced out. It's not like WWE's where there's one every month. Um at some point, and we, and we saw it, Punk ran through the entire pinnacle. He was running out of people to defeat. He was running out of obstacles. At some point, they were going to have to cross paths in the ring. Um, but the way they did it makes a ton of sense because Punk's going to come after his revenge. You, you only beat me because you used your entire roster in a giant diamond ring to beat me. He's going to want his payback. He's going to go on his revenge. And they're going to have to up the end. Steel cage, you know, something like that. And that you can save for the big rematch at a pay-per-view. So like, I, I didn't like would I, would have, I had done it differently. Probably a little bit. I probably would have tried to space it out a little bit more, brought in some other people to kind of distract punk kind of like all, uh, um, you know, Jericho with, uh, with box was, who was it? Jericho and MJ with Jericho and MJF were feuding and MJF was bringing in Hooven to Guerrera and everything, the tasks of the, you know, the tasks of Jericho to something like that. I would have done probably something a little bit like that to stretch it out a little bit longer, but, the way AEW did it, I'm fine with it. The results, I was fine with it. And, you know, we still have the Wardlow storyline going in the back of it. That's one thing AEW does really well and on their featured storylines is they do interweave stuff really, really well. It's some of their ancillary storylines that they're kind of all over the place on. But this one I thought was really well done. Dr. Trey, current pulse of the, uh, the, the genre of professional wrestling right now, and then we'll wrap up this week's edition of the show. This is just something thrown, thrown in here a little extra because we're, we're sitting here coming off of the Rumble, uh, people arguing about AEW doing MJF and CM Punk on free television. Is the genre of professional wrestling, is it healthy right now? Um, I would say... It's healthy, but has high blood pressure. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's okay. It's of, like a diabetic. Yeah, I mean, it's basically me, Jeff. I'm a diabetic. Okay, okay, cool. It's Doctor Trey. Yeah, I mean, basically, overall, I'm in good health except for my diabetes. And, and it's one thing. It's like the foundation of it's great. Everything else. It's just the one thing wrestling is missing is the same thing I've been saying for a couple of years now. We there's not that one guy that we all have to tune in to see. There's not that breakout guy that just transcends wrestling as a whole. There's it's there's no Hogan, there's no Flair, there's no Cena, there's no Rock, there's no Austin. Uh, I mean, Roman might be the closest thing we have to a must see guy, but even that, like we're at five hundred and you know twenty days now, and it's like at some point somebody has to kind of step up. But there's not that breakthrough character. There's, I mean, nobody's running out and designing you know. A, a crap ton of you know MJF 316 shirts. You know, there's not there's not that guy. Um, there's a bunch. 
basically I would say like right now wrestling is full of a bunch of like Roddy Pipers and Macho Mans, but there's not the guy that jumps over those guys to stand out above all the rest. It's a bunch of like A minus B plus guys. We don't have that A plus guy in wrestling right now. Yeah, it's a it's a strange time period, man. You know, I just think overall when you really think about it, it's just a letdown. What happened with the Rumble this past weekend? Uh, this is supposed to be a very exciting time, and it still has an opportunity to. There's some really cool stuff going on in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, that match looks pretty good, depending on how they book it. You got Lita taking on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, you know, it, it it has its moments. AEW this Dynamite this past week may not have been the best episode I've seen in a while, but um, you know. You can't hit it out of the park every single time. I'll say this. For me, the fact that Austin Theory is in the Elimination Chamber challenging for the WWE Championship when three years ago he was wrestling 20 minutes from my house, like, that blows me away. And, you know, we've talked, you know, when we're doing wrap-ups about going out and checking out independent wrestling because the stars are tomorrow or you're in town today. This is a prime example. That kid was 20 minutes from my house wrestling – in a, in a civic center, like a you know community center for a promotion that we're in a rivalry with. And now he's main eventing Elimination Chamber. Like that that blows my mind. And that we do, you know, we, we, we harp on places not building up young stars, but, you know, Danhausen's t-shirt sales jumped up incredibly high. Like he's already super popular. He's been on two broadcasts of AEW. Austin Theory, who, three, like I said, three years ago was on the Independence, is now wrestling in the main event in Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship. They do try to build new stars. It's just that, I don't know about you, like we, there's so many fans who bitch about not creating new stars, and then they push a new guy, and they're like, yeah, but not him. If not him, then who? Like, who are we going to try to feature to break out? It, it does, I, 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 we're almost in a society of wrestling fans where no matter what we do, we're never happy. Um, that's true. Star Wars fans, we are we are in, in in a way. And I saw a sign from AW Dynamite this past week, front row there, that said "Just Enjoy Wrestling." I think it read. So, I think that's all the the advice that we can add here. Just enjoy wrestling. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but for the most part, just enjoy what we love, and that is professional wrestling. Uh, with that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday now at RealGuyRadio.com. That is our new home. Russell Chatnet on Twitter. And the Still Real Show iTunes feed. We're back up on iTunes, thanks to Mike Bauer. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us on the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, first of all, my apologies to everybody who was <clears throat> looking for our special rumble, rumble picker, um, but he was feeling under the weather and couldn't pull it off. So what we, what I'm probably, what I'm planning on doing is getting him to pick out who should have won the rumble. <laughs> and we'll get that posted up here on our SRTU page here before long. But yeah, like Jeff said, you can check me out on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. And then when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Uh, we have a big show coming up this Saturday uh, as we get closer and closer to Wrestling Con 5. Uh, as more names get announced, as soon as, as soon as we make the official announcement to our home audience of when the show is, then we can start dropping names on this show who's coming. But I was told a couple weeks ago that there will be some beautiful people that like to let pigeons fly, and that has me excited as a man. 
All right, go out there and support all the great things that support the Stuff Realtor Show, of course, and uh, download the show each and every week. Spread the word with your friends. Uh, like us on Facebook, Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Realtor Show, and on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. Until next week, uh, when we get you ready now for the Elimination Chamber, uh, we're two weeks out now from Elimination Chamber. For Dr. Fred Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is the Stuff Realtor Show. Taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock.